Welcome to From Ashes to Beauty with John Ortberg. Each day, Monday through Friday, you'll find 10 minutes of relevant spiritual guidance on the kind of people we are becoming. Follow us on YouTube at becomenew.me or receive daily text alerts when a new episode is published by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. Invite a friend to listen along by sharing this podcast or sharing the link becomenew.me. We're glad you're here. And now, here's John. Hey, we're on a journey from ashes to beauty, to life, to God, to resurrection, to strength. We're learning together. I can't, but God can. I think I'll let him. And then we move on by taking a really honest look at ourselves, doing a fearless and searching moral inventory. And that can be daunting. It can be kind of exhilarating. I got an email from a friend today who did the inventory yesterday, looked at the seven deadly sins, and he said, I was thrilled to find out I got a really high score. And then I realized, actually, this is like golf, where you want a low score, not a high score. So that was kind of bad news. And then I heard about God forgives us, and so I don't have to be afraid. And that's a real good thing, because today we're actually going to do another very important shorter inventory, an inventory of our fears. Now, fear is an incredibly important word. Fear just gets into and messes up everything. And it's deeply connected to character defects. I have a fear of missing out, and so I get selfish and I clutch. I have a fear that other people are doing me wrong, so I get angry and bitter and vengeful. I'm afraid that other people are getting ahead of me, so I get envious and and I start to compare myself. I'm afraid this task is going to be really difficult. I get discouraged or lazy. I'm afraid the future will be bleak, and so I live in timidity. I'm afraid that God doesn't really love me, and so I run away from him. They're so closely connected that actually in the Bible, the very first mention of fear comes right along with the very first mention of sin, character defects. Actually, fear pays the way. The temptation comes to the man and the woman. Uh, Hey, don't you want to have your eyes opened up? Don't you want to be like God? Don't you want to determine what's good and evil? You don't want to miss out on that. And so they disobey God. God comes to be with them. We're meant to do life with God. But the man is not there and God asks, where are you? Now, God's not confused. He's inviting the man to reflect. This is the first fear inventory. And the man says, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked and ashamed. And so I hid. And fear leads to shame, leads to hiding. And we want to be free of that now. So we do an inventory of our fears. Just three real simple steps. The first step is I actually name the things that I'm afraid of. Often we're just in the habit of trying to not look at them so we don't feel bad when actually there's a great relief to facing them squarely. So I name them. You might want to write them down. And then secondly, I ask, am I being called to take any step of action? See, fear is not necessarily a bad thing. It's designed to alert us if there's a problem and energize us to take action. So if you find today, I'm afraid that the IRS is going to come after me because I haven't paid my taxes then pay your taxes. Don't don't pray, God, keep the IRS away. Actually, do something. But then thirdly, when there's no other action to be taken, I ask God, God, would you remove these fears and allow me to be present in this moment with you? Don't let me brood. That's why I'm here today. 
that sculpture you see behind me is is real precious to Nance and me. We will come here sometimes when we have fears and burdens, and we have some big ones. And we'll talk with each other into God, and we will leave them at the foot of that sculpture. And it's become for us an altar. I don't know if the sculptor knew that they were creating something sacred, but they did. That's the leave it there altar. And so we give our fears to God. We leave them there. We do this at Jesus' invitation. John chapter 14, on the scariest night in human history, Jesus is getting ready to die. He says to his terrified friends, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. He says, there is a kind of peace that the world gives, but it's not worth much. It's either easy circumstances or something temporary. I take a drink. Works great until it doesn't. Alcohol, ego, escaping, shopping, self, sin. Um, the problem is you cannot get enough of what almost works. So Jesus says, I'll give you my peace. Now, my peace isn't about what's out there. It's what's in here. Peace, Dallas Willard used to say, is the rest of will that comes from a settled assurance about how things will turn out. And with Jesus, in God's great universe, in the eternal dimension, things will turn out very well. And I don't have to worry about that. So my will now can be at rest. And that is the peace that Jesus gives. And then he says, don't let your heart be trouble. And there's a wonderful little nuance here. When he uses the word your, that's plural, you all. You. And so we would think he would say, don't let your hearts, but he doesn't. He says, don't let all of your hearts, singular, like they just have one heart, a communal heart, because fear is contagious and so is peace. And so in the fellowship of the withered hand, we are called on to pass the peace to one another, to share together in a hearted peace. I think of Pete. Pete was a kind of larger than life character, really a great gift to my dad when my dad was dying a year and a half ago. And he's just walking in the room and light it up and you kind of feel like things are okay. Pete's here now. You tell my dad, I'm gonna look after Kathy. I'm gonna be there. Uh, very recently, Pete, who's been going through this process together with us, he's a uh, member of the Fellowship of the Withered Hand, got COVID, and then it got really serious. And then they're going to put him in long-term care. And then yesterday, they were going to put him in the hospice. And then I got a note this morning from him on that Pete died. And he is gone now from ashes to beauty. And Gay, his wife, goes on with us. And Gay, you are not alone. God be with Gay right now, hearing these words. Hold her up, be in her tears. And in the grief and the sadness, bring her peace. And all of us together now, bring our fears about what might happen before God. Invite you to close your eyes if you want to. Take a deep breath. Now, fear will get into your body. It will tense up your muscles. So take a deep breath. In John, Jesus breathes on his disciples, gives them the spirit and says, peace, deep breath.
Now take a little inventory. What are you afraid of? Maybe it's around your finances or a relationship or your job or that you can't find a job or your children or your loneliness or your body or your spiritual life. Name them and then ask God, is there any action that you're calling me to take? Any step that I've been avoiding? Help me to be clear on it. And if there is, commit to doing it with God's help best you can. And then tell him now, God, I'm turning my fears over to you. I'm turning them over. And when I habitually take them back, I'll turn them over again. And I want to give you a word about this because I don't want anybody to end this time in fear. Got another wonderful email this week from a man who has been journeying with us. I won't go into details or say name, but uh, this last fall he lost everything about as brutally as you can. Just horribly painful. And he'd pushed God away his whole life long. He said that when it came to God, I was guilty of contempt prior to investigation. And so he turned it over. And he found God was there. And God has been good. And he said it's kind of like this. And then he repeated a story that William James tells in uh, Varieties of Religious Experience. James says it was often used by revival preachers back in the day. A man walking through the night, through the darkness stumbling, ends up going over a cliff, kind of like behind me. And he reaches out frantically, desperately, and after falling for some time, grabs onto a limb, clutches it, holds on for dear life, and he's desperate, hour after hour, in the darkness, getting weaker and weaker, until finally he cannot, can't hold on anymore. And he prepares to die, and he lets go of the branch. And six inches underneath him is the ground, waiting to catch him and hold him safe. God is closer than you think. He will take your fears. So we give them to him now. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you're part of a community of faith in some way. Um, next Friday, we're going to go live. Seven o'clock in the morning, California time. And uh, this is a wonderful journey together as a community. So I hope you'll plan to be a part of that, whatever your time zone is. And then when we get to this whole Lenten journey, uh, it will end up on a Good Friday. And I always think it'd be a really wonderful thing in this journey from ashes to beauty for us to be together live on Good Friday. So that one too, Good Friday morning, seven o'clock, we're gonna be live. And now, I want to invite you, go to the leave it there altar, give God your fears, and leave them there. That's what I'm going to do.